Hi, and welcome to the Bookish Besties podcast. We're excited you're here with us to talk all things books and reading. We are two friends brought together by our love of reading. I'm Diane and adore my beach life in Charleston, South Carolina with my family and dogs. Reading has been a pleasure my whole life. I read to travel when I cannot leave home, to escape when life gets to be too much, to learn even when I'm not in school anymore, and to make new friends on the pages of stories and by talking to those who share my passion. And I'm Mary, a northerner living in the frozen tundra of Madison, Wisconsin. I've been an avid reader for as long as I can remember and make a point to read every day while still balancing the challenges of work and life. My ideal is to be curled up by the fire with the dog on my lap, a glass of wine on the end table, and a good book in my hands. We would be most grateful if you would rate and review our podcast. It really does help others to find us. Thank you so much and happy reading. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Bookish Basties podcast. I'm Diane. And I'm Mary. And we are two friends separated by distance, but connected by our love of books. How are you today, Mary? I'm good. How are you doing? I am good. Can you believe this is week, I think it's week nine of quarantine. Week nine? I, I, yeah. Wow. Oh, boy. <laughs> it feels like forever. <laughs> I know. The new question will be how do we, you know, re-enter. But I think, so Wisconsin is slowly opening its doors, huh? We are. It's, it is very slow. So one of the, um, the governor just announced today that uh, retail stores or non-essential businesses can reopen, but there are limits to that. So you can only have like five customers in at a time. So um, I don't know what that means. I mean, I don't know what that's going to look like. Uh, There was a little bit on the news tonight about, you know, some people are going to now let people in by appointment, but, you know, I I think we're still going to probably see a lot more you know, curbside, a lot more shipping, things like that. So it'll be interesting to see how that all. Yeah. I think the business owners don't even know what to do. Like, okay, we've gotten an order, but what does that mean for us? Like, because we're supposed to be six feet away. Kiki went in, my youngest went in and applied for a job today. Oh. Um, And she, which, you know, we're struggling. We have five teenagers. Well, one's at 22, but four teenagers and a 22 year old. And we're less like, you know, everybody should be working this summer, but I also don't want my kids taking away jobs from people mm-hmm. who need their jobs to feed their children, you know, right. like, um, so she just went in and applied at a little local bagel store, um, that oh, they're nice. hoping that that's like right on the beach kind of. So when vacationers come, it's a big, so she's hoping to hear back from them, but even the bagel place, they're like, we're creating a new job. Like if you can work an iPad and a phone, you're our girl. She's like, yeah, I got you covered. But they're taking so many orders online, packaging them up. And then people, they didn't have a carry out kind of clientele before. Right. Well, there's, um, so last week uh, on Friday, we, we got donuts at a local bakery. And cause we've been talking, oh gosh, we just love some donuts, yeah. <laughs> but this, this bakery, it really was, you're limited to what you could purchase. You can get a dozen donuts or a, 
a thing of donut holes and it's the two of us, you know, that's a lot of donuts, right? which I don't want to, I, I want one. I know. <laughs> Maybe two. I, I would eat them all if they were in my house. That's exactly. why I want a donut. A dozen exactly. In <laughs> so uh, basically what I did was I just emailed and I did get a, do- a dozen, but you just put in your order and you can say what kind of donuts you want, you know, ahead mm-hmm. of time. And so then I just kind of dropped it off at, for people in my neighborhood, like dropped off a couple of yeah. Well, I'm sure everyone was very grateful. Everyone, everyone was pretty happy on Friday. So, <laughs> so well, it really um, is amazing how adaptive people are, right? Like, yes, getting roll yeah. with it, right? And we were supporting a local business, so we couldn't really complain about that. That's been kind of our big, big thing is trying to support people. So, anyway, what have you been reading this week? So I have had a good reading week. It has been really sunny here yeah. and my kids are gearing in high gear for AP exams. So everybody has been um, in their rooms and very studious. So I've had a lot of time to read. Um, An old favorite that I revisited this week was called Delta Wedding by Eudora Weltley. And I just love everything Eudora, but Delta Wedding is one of my favorites of hers. And then I read, it's a middle grade book, Eventown, and that's by Corianne Haydu. It was really, really good. I have a little friend that I think I'm going to send that off to now that I'm finished with it. But um, the two that I think are, are most noteworthy, so last weekend was the 50th anniversary of the riots at Kent State. Yes. And there was this amazing book by Deborah Wiles called Kent State. And it's a YA book, but again, I, it should, everyone should read it. It was written, so um, it's almost written like a poem, but each different speaker has a different font for in the typeset. Um, and it was talks about the four, there were four Kent State um, students who were murdered and then yeah. nine others who were injured. And it talks about from people who live in the town and professors on the campus and other kids who were demonstrating it was super smart um, and really well written. And uh, actually I bought two extra copies already for two of my kids' English teachers. It would be a perfect reader's theater kind of thing because there's all these different oh, parts. Sure. Um, Are these, really is it fiction or nonfiction? I mean, I know Kent State is true, but was the, were the stories fiction or were they? they were no, really- this is totally nonfiction. Oh, and okay. Extensive research. I mean- wow. Well, when I say totally nonfiction, like she obviously, every word that was spoken by a student isn't verbatim because, you know, that was 50 years ago. Nobody knows exactly what they said, but the sentiments are all exactly correct. And and the the chronology of the events is correct. Oh, okay. It's it's really good, Mary. Interesting. And then I finished Rodham by Curtis Fittenfeld. (laughs) Oh, I want to read that book. It was fascinating fascinating. So the premise, like we talked about, um, this was one of Mary's picks that she was looking forward to for the month of May. The premise is what would have happened to Hillary Rodham Clinton if she hadn't married Bill Clinton. Um, And it also looks at, which I didn't know that this was going to come, but what would have happened to Bill Clinton if he hadn't married Hillary Rodham? Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't want to say it was so good. 
It, yeah. <laughs> Dinner might have been late two nights. What does that say about me that I'm more interested about what happened to the woman than the man? <laughs> well, I was more interested in her, but you know what? The moral of the story is she would have been fine either way. Him? Maybe yeah. Much. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was, um, it was really good. Okay. Curtis said, oh, I highly, highly suggest it. And it's big. I read it on my Kindle because I had an advanced copy. So you don't know exactly how thick it is when you're reading it on the Kindle. And I had been reading for like six hours and I was only 30 the way, 30% of the way oh through. Oh my gosh. But I didn't want to stop. Like I just, I read past my bedtime two nights and dinner was late and, but, um, it was super good. I can't wait for you to read it and talk about it. Um, and give other people time to read it. I don't want to spoil anything, but it was, it was good. Now you're a, you're, you're a fast reader normally. I, I and am. Six hours and only 30%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen the book in real life. Yeah. I, I haven't either. Pages it is. And I didn't even look, I can look it up later, but um, yeah. And it must be big. And I do think that I read it carefully also. Mm. Um, my husband and I were talking this weekend. He's reading The Splendid and the Vile. Oh, right? sure. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he's been reading it for a while. You know, he does have a full-time job too. So he doesn't read quite as many books as I do. But um, he's like, you know, when I'm really loving a book, I actually read it more slowly because I stop. I think about things. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe that was a little bit of Rodham. Yeah. No, I'm that, I'm that same way. And The Splendid and the Vile um, by Eric Larson is also on my to-read list. Um, it's about Winston Churchill during the blitz and I have, yeah. It's super interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, that one's come out and I think, has Ronan come out yet? Did it come out last Tuesday? I think it came out on Tuesday. On Tuesday. Okay. Yeah, I'm not so. 100%, but I think it did. Yeah. It was either, it was either last week or this week. So, uh, yeah, no, that's exciting. I, I, yeah, I, I think I'm the same way. And that's one of the things that, you know, when we've, talked, you know, a lot of times in the book, bookstagram, you know, people who are big into talking about books, you know, you see that they read like 20 books a month, you know, or, I mean, I know that you fall into this category, (laughs) but you know, there are some pretty prolific readers out there. You know, they, they do read a lot. Um, for me, I, I'm kind of like the slow saver, enjoy the book. And then when you don't enjoy the book, you know, you throw it aside for a few minutes. Well, absolutely. Come back, you know, cause you have to throw one aside this week, my friend. I did. <laughs> I did. So here, here's how it goes for me. Um, you know, ever since I was a little girl, I've always wanted to be a writer. You know, I have lots of stories in my head. Um, and you know, never really had the, the discipline to sit down and, and finish anything. But, uh, when, Yet. Yet, yet the operative word. Um, but when I was reading this book and I really liked the main character and then they did something I didn't like. I did, they did something that I thought was, I was like, oh, don't do it. Don't do it. And then they did it. I was <laughs> like, I don't want to read this book anymore. And then, you know, I started thinking about it. You know, I cared enough about that character that when they did and made the decision that they made, I was upset about it because I didn't agree with it. So there, there's that. So the author did make me care about this 
And it, and, and it made me mad, you know, it gave me an emotion, like, you know, books, when you read them, they are supposed to, you know, make, make you feel something. And this book did, and it was anger. You know, that's, that's a good thing. Uh, that's a testament to the author. I don't know if that was the intent, um, but that was the, the testament. So uh, I took a break from that book. I will probably pick it up again in the next couple of days. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I did sit down and like write 10,000 words on a book that I've been working on for years. That's so good. 10,000 yeah. words. Fun. <laughs> yeah. So heck, if that's what you got out of putting down a book, that's pretty dang good. Yeah. Mary. Yeah. So, uh, one day, you know, when that, when that is ready to, to go to the world, you guys will be the first to know. That it's there. But. Wonderful. You will start your book launch here. Yes. I'll be, <laughs> you guys will be my first interview. I would hope so. <laughs> so, well, yeah. Go ahead. In book news, like last week was a big week, right? Last week was a big week. So the Pulitzer Prize uh, awards were announced. I read all three of the finals for fiction. Have you read, mm -hmm. did you read all three of them? Uh, no. <laughs> Okay. But I own two of those three. So. so the three books that were the final three mm -hmm. were The Dutch House by Ann Patchett, The Topeka yep. School by Ben Lerner, and Nickel Boys by Colson Whitehead. And the winner was Miss Mary. Nickel Boys by Colson Whitehead. I felt like that, that was the want. Oscars there. You know, that was a very big. <laughs> <laughs> the nominees are. The nominees are. <laughs> the Dutch House by Ann Patchett. <laughs> Which I loved. So one thing that I find interesting about these, they're all three super different books, mm -hmm. which I guess I should find that interesting because of course they are. Um, I loved all three of them. And I don't know which one I would have voted for between those three. I'm not sure. I, you know, I, so this is not the first time that Colson Whitehead has won a Pulitzer Prize. So I think that is, that's something to, to know it because he, he, he won in 2017 for Underground Railroad. Which was another. Which I did read that one. Yeah, phenomenal book. Oh my gosh. Yeah. If you have not read that book, read that book. Um, I mean, in fact, now I want to read it again. Uh, but, you know, this is a young man. Uh, yeah, he's, that's so funny. I was just looking up his age. Like, he's not even 40 and he's won the Pulitzer Prize twice. Right, right. And he's a person of color. Yes. And I think that that is, is such a, I think that's just so cool. Yeah, I, I think yeah. he he's he's in the. I mean, not that. I think his achievement is so great at such a young age, and these books are phenomenal. Again, I haven't read Nickel Boys, but you know you've you have good taste, and I always take your advice. So, uh, it's a hard it's a hard read. Mm -hmm. It is about something that really happened. Um, he he fictionalizes a, a real school for the for boys um, mm -hmm. in Tallahassee, Florida. Whew. Yeah, it was hard. It was hard, but um, but he is in Colson Whitehead is in very um, limited and fabulous company. Only four, of course, they're all men. Only four men have ever won the Pulitzer more than once, and they've all just won it twice. 
So Booth Tarkington won it in 1919 and 1922. And I have to give a little kudo to Booth Tarkington because he's a Purdue alum and that's where I finished my undergrad. <laughs> and then William Faulkner won it twice, once posthumously. So he won it in 1955 and 1963. And then John Updike for kind of the same series of books. It was two separate novels, but it was the same series. And he won in 82 and 91. So that's kind of amazing that only four people have done it. I've done that. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I mean, there are some other, like, and that's just for fiction though. Like Correct. there are other categories and some people have like one for other categories as well. Like Norman Mailer has one for more than one category. Right. Which is really like a play and a, and a novel, you know, and there's been, mm-hmm. yeah, that was, I think that shows all like, you're not, it's not enough to be gifted in one area. You have to be gifted everywhere. Like that's not fair. (laughs) Oh, you won for fiction and for nonfiction. Right. That's fabulous. Precious. (laughs) Well, Faulkner won the Nobel prize in 49 and then the Pulitzer twice. There are a couple like Robert Frost won it four times for poetry. All for poetry? All for poetry. Well, that's pretty cool. And like Thornton Wilder won it three times, but twice for drama and once for a novel. That's so cool. Do you know the first woman who won the Pulitzer Prize, Mary? I don't. Who was that? Okay, this is a little trivia. I know this because my daughter, Lily, was named after. So in 1921, Edith Wharton won it for The Age of Innocence. Mm -hmm. But one of her earlier books, The House of Mirth, the main character's name is Lily Bart. My last name is Barnett. So um, Lily was named after the main character in the House of Mirth because Edith Wharton was the first woman to win a Pulitzer and I was a big fan and my husband just went along with me. (laughs) I didn't know that. Yeah. She was also born in May and the flower for May is Lily of the Valley and I love Lily Pulitzer. So, I mean, there were a lot of tie-ins. But yeah, I was going to say, because you're, you're a big fan of Lily Pulitzer too. And I was like, I wonder if that's why she named it after her. <laughs> Which, you know, Lily Pulitzer married into the Pulitzer Prize right. family. Like that's right. where the prize, oh, see how we're so good. It all comes full circle. It does. Yeah. That is a very <laughs> clever name. <laughs> now, does your other daughter, is she named after anybody in particular? I mean, like any, any literary? Not anyone literary. Okay. No. So she was, she was a preemie. So we kind of scrambled, like all of a sudden she was just born way too early. Oh. It's like, <laughs> oh, this is a good The same amount name. of time was not given. <laughs> the same amount of thought and love, but not the same amount of time was devoted to that one. Yeah. Oh, funny. Yeah. No, I'll, I have a dog, you know, that's named after a literary character. So I don't have children, but. <laughs> Mary, I think we have our Instagram question of the week. Yeah. Who has named your loved ones, whether right. they're furry babies or human babies, after literary That's characters? That's great. I bet there's a lot. I bet there's a lot of people yeah. who do. Yeah, I I know somebody who's who's all four of her children are after some literary person or character or something. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I'm gonna put that on Instagram. Watch out for that this week, people. It's yeah, we want to know. We want to know what your names mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, something I was also looking at, you know, cause I was like, you know, how is the Pulitzer prize awarded? You know, it's, it's a panel, you know, mm-hmm. of people. And I don't know who's on the panel. I mean, like, I'm sure there's some committee or, um, some academia or, or something. Right. I mean, I guess if anybody knows, I, I just didn't really 
I started researching it, but then I went down a different rabbit hole and I found out <laughs> that in 2012, there was no prize for fiction awarded. I know, you know, I was trying to go back. So, um, Mary sends me an outline before we record mm. and I saw that she wrote this down and I'm like, what was published in 2012? Like, certainly there was something good enough. And I yeah. don't remember, I don't remember like what the standout books, like who got the, um, American library award or the man booker award that year, or I don't know what was yeah. happening in 2012. Apparently, <laughs> you know, they just said that there was no majority vote for right. the, the, the nominees that were, that were there that year. So let me pull up what the, the nominees are. Lily, you can I wonder, it. had that happened before or was 2012 the first year? So the, the Pulitzer Prize began in 1918. So that was the first one given. I wonder in the hundred year, 102 years, was it only 2012 that we didn't have a winner? They said it was the first time in 35 years. Oh, wow. That they had not. So the Pulitzer, but the, you know, those books have been around, like the Pulitzer has been around for, for several years. So it must've been, um, you know, 35, like in the seventies, another book that didn't right. get awarded. Um, yeah, it was, let's see. David Foster Wallace's The Pale King was in there. You know, David Foster Wallace, he wrote, um, did he write Infinite Jest? I'm drawing a blank. I definitely haven't read the book that was nominated. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he wrote, he wrote Infinite Jest. Um, and then there was Karen Russell's Swamplandia. Oh, I have read that. Mm -hmm. okay. And then Train Dreams by Dennis Johnson. Didn't read that. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, I think um, one of the ones from this year, I don't know if um, Topeka School, the Topeka School is one that you have on your shelves, Mary. I read it. So my, um, one of my daughters is a competitive speech and debate guru at her high school. Mm -hmm. And that is the main character in the Topeka School. So I think probably that's why it initially piqued my interest and then I just got into oh, the sure. story the category was something I'd never heard of. So it's called auto fiction. Have you heard of that? A-U-T-O fiction. So it's not no. autobiographical fully, but it's not fiction fully. So the author, Ben Lerner, was a speech and debate champion in high school, as is the main character in the book. Mm -hmm. His Ben Lerner, the author's parents are both psychologists, as is the main character's parents in the book. He was from Topeka, the main character from Topeka. Like, it um, runs a very similar line. And it's kind of like, you don't know where, so what parts are fiction and what parts aren't fiction? The whole time I was reading that, I was like, huh. trying to kind of figure that out. But I didn't know about this auto fiction. It was a category that I'd never heard of. You know, there are a lot of like, these little offshoot categories. Yeah. Of, yeah, like, the one that I, I heard recently is Cli-Fi. Oh, no, what's that one? It's science fiction based on climate. Oh. Climate science fiction. Cli-Fi. Okay. Cli-Fi. Cli I can't say it. <laughs> That's really interesting. 
it's really interesting. But yeah, there's a lot. So I mean, definitely when we do our, our genre week, you know, we'll be exploring probably some of these more obscure ones. I mean, we're going to hit the big ones coming up, like romance. Right. So we're going to talk about thrillers and mysteries, but then we're going to start getting into some of these very strange ones, like ones you maybe haven't heard of. So stay tuned for that. Well, I don't know if you have read Daisy Jones and the Six. Oh my God, yes. Okay. I loved that book. The whole time I was reading that book, I hate to admit this, I knew it was fiction in my yeah. head somewhere in that cerebellum. I knew that it was fiction. I stopped reading three times and Googled it. I'm like, uh-uh, this has got to be a band. There is no way. Like I was looking up band, the names. It is totally fiction. Um. But it was so well written. It was so good. I thought it had to be real. Yeah. I mean, I just kept on, I just kept on thinking, oh, this is Stevie Nicks. Oh, this is Stevie Nicks. Oh, this yeah. is Linda Ronstead. You know, <laughs> like that's what's going in my head. <laughs> and Linda Ronstead yeah. was my very first concert I've ever been to. So that's kind of my fun little. Wow. Fact. That's a good, that's a good classic. My yeah. first um, concert was Squeeze, the Babylon and On oh, tour. Wow. <laughs> Well, I was, I was like eight and Linda Ronstead, my mom was a huge, well, she still is, but was a huge fan of her. And she was doing this Spanish tour. So we go, my sister, they take my sister and I to this, to this concert and it's all in Spanish. Did, <laughs> so, did y'all speak Spanish? No, <laughs> no. So we had no, I mean, it was fun. We had a good Music time. It was so beautiful. I'm sure. But... Yeah, it was, it was entertaining, but yeah didn't know what's going on. <laughs> but it was a good That's time. a good segue, Mary, because Daisy Jones and the Six is being made into a Netflix miniseries, right? It is. It and is. I cannot wait for that one to come out. But there are so many adaptations from books coming out in twenty. There are. There are. How about you how about you talk about what you got? Okay, so I um Mary is much better versed in pop culture than I am. But I do know about Daisy Jones and the Six. I know about um Netflix is doing a miniseries on the Babysitter's Club. Yeah. Which I think will be very sweet. I hope it's sweet. And then um, Stephen King is um, an adaptation of one of his books, Revival. I didn't even know that was a Stephen King book, but um, it's coming yeah. out in theaters. Oh, so, I mean, I think the thing to kind of keep in mind with any book to movie adaption, especially right now, is, you know, we'll say, okay, yep, it's coming out in May, but because of the pandemic, a lot of movies are getting rescheduled. Some things may get pushed into 2021. So when we talk about dates right now, just keep that in mind that these dates may change. Um, so I and, have, and a, as an aside, that's happening a lot in publishing too. Yeah. Like a lot of books that were planned to come out are, are now it's, we've kind of caught up now with books that hadn't been printed before COVID and, and the printing is really slowing down. So that's happening with movies and books. Sorry, Mary, go ahead. No, that's great. So uh, some of the book to movie adaptions that are coming out in 2020, uh, Rebecca, by da the, the book by Daphne du Maurier. Uh, that would be and fabulous too. Yeah, so that's going to be on Netflix. There's not a date for it yet, but it's going to be starring Lily James. And she was in the... Uh, the Literary Guernsey and Potato Peel Pie Society. Peel Society. I loved that yes. book and I loved that movie so much. It was yep. so cute. Mm -hmm. I think I said that, that title right. But yeah, she was the lead in that. And, that, and she was also in Downton Abbey. Uh, 
and then Army Hammer is also starting starting in that. So if you saw like The Social Network, and um, he's been in a lot of movies, so he's uh, he's going to be. I, I'm looking forward to that one. I think it's yeah, that'll be, be a really good great. one. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have children, or you know, at this these books have been around for a long time. It's the Artemis Fowl series. Yeah. So an Artemis Fowl movie is coming out, um, and it's directed by Kenneth Branagh. And oh, I mean, wow. that's, that's, you that's know, in bringing out the big guns, they are. Yeah. And that's starring, uh, Judy Dench and Josh. Yeah. And Josh Gad. Wow. Uh, so yeah. So, and that's, that's supposed to come out end of May. And then the secret garden is going oh, to be, yep. I can't so, wait for that. The, <laughs> it's starring Colin Firth. Okay, now I really can't wait for that. <laughs> I know. Well, and here's like the thing, like years ago in the 80s, there was a mini series uh, for The Secret Garden, and it was probably the one that made me want to start reading The Secret Garden, you know, because I was a kid. And Colin Firth was in that mini series too. He played a grown-up Colin after, uh, you know, they added a scene at the end, you know, where- Just for him. Well, yeah. I mean, why not? <laughs> why wouldn't you? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> so is that one? Is that one? I think was that one Thanksgiving time that it was released. Well, it said it says April in the United Kingdom. Okay. So, okay. you know, sometimes in 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 the UK things come out a lot earlier than they would in. United States, but again, they're also going through a pandemic. So I don't know where, where that one's at, but it's, it's out worth there. Keeping our ears peeled for the yeah. secret garden for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this book actually got pushed back uh, from an original release from last year to May of this year. And that's the woman in the window. Mm. And that's by AJ, AJ Finn. Um, and that's starring Amy Adams, Julianne Moore, Gary Oldman, and Jennifer Jason Lee. Oh, wow. Again, a really stellar cast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then if you're an Agatha Agatha Christie fan, Death on the Nile. uh, So it's a sequel to Murder on the Orient Express. Which was out like three years ago or a while ago? Two two or three, yeah. Um, But it's with, uh, again, Kenneth Branagh playing Hercule Poirot. Um, And I think he also... I think he also uh, directs it too. So, uh, so we got Kenneth Branagh, we got Gal Gadot, Army Hammer again in another movie adaption, book book to movie adaption. Uh, Annette Bening, who is one of my favorite. Oh, I love her as well. Yeah, love her. And then Letitia Wright, who was in the Black Panther series. So, and that's coming out in October. Um, for those of you who are sci-fi fans, Dune, they're, they're doing a remake of Dune. My oh. father was a huge fan of Dune and, and so is my sister. Like they, they really love this one, but it's with Timothy Chalamet and Jason Momoa, uh, and Zendaya, Rebecca Ferguson, who was in The Greatest Showman and then Stellan Skarsgård. Uh, so that's going to be coming out in December. Let's That's see. That's a good holiday one, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then News of the World. Um, oh. Yeah. So, and that's starring Tom Hanks. Woo-hoo! I that know. That would be fabulous. I know. And so that's coming out Christmas. 
Okay. And then another uh, Stephen King book, The Stand, uh, starring James Marston, Whoopi Goldberg, and Amber Heard, is going to be coming out. I think it's I think it's a mini series. Okay. Oh, I I'm sorry. I got one more. I lied. I have one more. Okay, go uh, ahead. Radium Girls. If you great book. Yeah. Uh, I read that for my book club a couple of years ago, and it was one that has stuck with me for several years. Um, and it, it's, it's fascinating and horrifying at the same time. Right. Uh, it's nonfiction, but, uh, they made that into a movie, uh, with Joey King and that is out. They say it's out April 3rd. Uh, but again, limited release COVID. Uh, so just, yeah, stay tuned, but they're out there. Those are all out there. So in general, Mary, do you like movie adaptations? Like I am a pretty purist. I 99% of the time like the book better. Um, I, you know, I can go either way. I try and see it as its own standalone interpretation of the story. Um, I think if I want to read all of the Harry Potter books again, I'll read it. But if I just want a quick fix, I'll watch the movies. Um, but I, you know, I think it's a good way to look at it. Expectations are everything, right? So I think I go into it. If I loved the book, I go into it looking for the book that, and the movie that I made in my mind while reading it, which that's not fair. Right. Um, and that's probably why I like the books. Yeah. I think, you know, it's hit or miss. I think one of my favorite books ever written was Blindness by Jose Saramago. Have you ever read that book? I have. And they turned it into a movie. Several I have not years, seen it. Yeah, several years ago. And I refused to see it. Um, so I think for books that I truly love, I won't, I won't watch them. Like, I know that uh, A Gentleman in Moscow is coming. I think that's in 2021. Starring Kenneth Branagh. He's everywhere. He is definitely everywhere. Right. <laughs> I might have to see that Which, though. I right, love the I know, book but, so much. I know. Okay, I have I, to work I, on myself. Work on I'm my very, Yeah, I'm very torn about it because, you know, in Gentleman in Moscow, the guy starts out when he's 30. Kenneth Branagh is not 30 years old. He's not 30. You know, so I'm worried that they might do like some sort of CGI on his face to make him look younger, which I think would ruin it for me. So I don't know. I guess no. we just- Maybe they'll just have a younger actor that looks similar and then while he ages, then it becomes Kenneth Braddow's part. That would be ideal. That would be, yeah. I think- That would be ideal. better. But I, that, that book is very, very dear to me. So I really- um, I don't know if I'd see it. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I no, I get that. Mm -hmm. I get that. I think my favorite, well, my all-time favorite book is To Kill a Mockingbird. Yep. And that movie, I, I think, did that book justice. And I think yes. mostly because, I mean, hello, Gregory Peck, you know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's father. Yeah, no, I think there are the exceptions to the rule. I think To Kill a Mockingbird is one of them. Um... I'm trying to think of some other, now I know there's some purists out there, but I think um, a lot of people 
I think the Lord of the Rings really brought a lot of people to those books. And I think that's a good thing because those movies were very good. They may not have been pure to the books, but it did draw a lot of people's attention to those books. And I think that is one of the nice things about, even if it's not perfect. Um, You know, I also- I wonder if that changes it. Do you like the movie better if you haven't read the book and then that leads you to the book? Mm-hmm. versus the book leading you to the movie. Right. I I think it could. I think it could because there is a little bit of imagination that you have yep. with, with those. Um, like there might be an actor that you already had in mind when you're reading it before. Um, yeah. And then of course, you know, when, when things don't go your way, you're angry. And, but <laughs> when you, when you do it the other way, when you watch the movie and then Uh, go back, you already have those characters and and what they're saying in mind. So you kind of have a little bit of an idea and then you're getting kind of like the, the bonus content. Like um, when I was a a kid, one of the things that we used, we loved was listening to Broadway music, Broadway musical soundtracks. And, you know, we'd have these big records and we listened to them over and over the tapes, but there were always these scenes that were never on on the record. So when you went and saw them in the theater, that was kind of that bonus content that you got. So yeah, um, that's, that's kind of like, I think of the way that you could see it now again. And I mean, like think about it also with, um, you know, game of Thrones, you know, people weren't picking up those books before the, the show. I mean, there was a following, but not until that movie, right. that show came out that it really was a huge spur. Yeah. 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 Well, so anything that leads people to reading, I'm all for. Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of like the reason we're here too. So, I mean, if it's because a movie inspired you or if it's just because a cover inspired you to pick up a book, you know, that's fine. Who cares? Just read. Yeah. 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 Well, we hit on a lot of great topics today. Mm-hmm, we um, did. We have, you know, a lot of great book recommendations. Again, Rodham, Rodham, Rodham by Curtis Sittenfeld <laughs> is phenomenal. And if you haven't picked up all three of the Pulitzer Prize nominees, the winner, especially Nickel Boys, but all three, Dutch House, the Topeka School, and the Nickel Boys are fabulous reads if you haven't read those yet. They're heavy though. Keep that in mind. They're heavy. So if you're going to- They are heavy. All three of them. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe wait until COVID is over. (laughs) Maybe. We definitely read it, just not right now. (laughs) <laughs> right. We are, we are, Mary and I were talking about this. There, there's another author that we interviewed that we're, we'll talk about that book later, but um, it's phenomenal too, but this, it's a hard time to concentrate. I'm reading a lot of books, but I'm still struggling with concentration. So maybe save yeah. the heavier ones, but they are so worth your time. Don't skip them all together. Yeah. Or you could be like me, you know, throw the book across the room and walk away. <laughs> Which is okay too. That's okay. <laughs> Totally fine. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, everyone. If you have a chance, please, please, please uh, submit a review on iTunes. Uh, We greatly appreciate it. But thank you so much and happy reading. Happy reading, everyone. Until next week. Bye, Mary. Bye, Diane. (laughs) Thank you for joining us in talking about all things bookish. We will see you next time.